Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. to E-Ticket to Broadway, where Broadway meets Main Street. <laughs> Here's your host, my pal, David Alpert. <laughs> Hello, E-Ticket to Broadway listeners. Thank you for choosing to listen to my incredibly important investigative journalism, where I work to uncover which Broadway star is most likely to order a frozen banana at a Disney theme park. Be sure you're following us on Instagram at eTicket to Broadway and on the web at www.eticketpodcast.com. There you can learn about the special perks you can get by becoming a Patreon supporter of the podcast and how together we can help grow Gilana's Fund, an organization committed to amplifying and supporting organizations working to make the world a more inclusive, just, equitable, and accepting place. Have you visited the eTicket to Broadway shop? I record this while wearing my All the Small Worlds a Stage sweatshirt and want you, yes you listening, to wrap yourself in the e-ticket magic. We also have bags, mugs, prints, and so much more. Check it out on our website as soon as you're done listening to this episode. Speaking of this episode, this incredible land girl has been seen on Broadway in In the Heights, The Addams Family, Good Vibrations, First Date, and Spring Awakening, twice, and also starred as Meg in the stage adaptation of Disney's Hercules, as well as on the TV series Smash. Hold on to them hats and glasses. Here comes Krista Rodriguez. Krista, thank you for joining me on the podcast. I've heard through mutual friends that you are definitely a Disneyland kid at heart. Is that a true statement? 100% true statement. I grew up five minutes from Disneyland and I heard the fireworks every night um, at 9.35. And de- yeah, it's a, it's a complete, uh, it's in my veins. It's a part of who I am and, and who I've become. For sure. I know. And that's so funny being from Orange County that this was just in your backyard. Did you remember going to the parks? Like what are your early memories of going? Yeah. So we had, um, I, when I grew up, we had a lot of family that lived in Southern California and then um, had all moved away for some reason or another. So we would get together once a year, we would go to Disney and everyone would come in from Washington or Colorado or other places around the country where they were. And we would go. And I remember, um, it was so special because it was just once a year and and you knew that it was like going to be the best day of your life. And like, my parents are also very into it all. So it was, you know, this was before fast passes and stuff. So you had to, you had to really plan your day out and you had to know some things weren't going to happen. They weren't going to pan out. But I remember, I still remember this very vividly. I guess I must've been four or five. I remember um, when you used to park in the parking lot, which is now California adventure. um, I remember stepping onto the ground of the parking lot and, and feeling it vibrating almost like me feeling magic from Disney in the parking lot already, just being like, I know this is going to be a special day. And um, it was just like, it really was a huge, huge, huge deal. And then I would have money. I'd have like an allowance to be able to buy one 
like um, souvenir at the end of the day and I would belabor it but I, I used to collect figurines um, just like the little ones you get in the gift shop and um, so I would just try to pick the perfect figurine and then um, after a while I mean, we're skipping forward, but then I got a pass. Like when I was about 10 is when we started getting passes. And then I stopped buying the figurines as much because you can't buy them all the time when you're going all the time. But yes, I do remember vividly that like vibration of like, oh my God, because Disneyland and Disney World are different in that Disneyland, you can still see the city around you a little bit. It's not like Disney World where you can look for miles and see nothing but Disney. So it still feels like there's a force field around the parking lot and around the, like the lot. That's like, once you're in here, you're in that bubble and you don't, you get all that magic and stuff. That's a great way to say that. I like this force field idea. Mm-hmm. And and for me, because I remember I didn't go to Disney world until after college. Do you remember the first time you went to Walt Disney world and what that was like? Yeah. So my family and I, um, we lived in a motorhome for a, a while in my childhood. My parents decided they wanted to travel the country and homeschool us and just like give us a real world experience. So we, you know, they took us out of school and they quit their jobs. We sold our house and we lived in this motorhome. And so we actually spent Thanksgiving when I was six years old at, um, so that was, let's see, 89, 90 um, in Disney world. So that was my first time. And we went to the, this like buffet at one of the hotels, which I don't remember now that has these big swans out front. Like there's big sculptures of the like, or not swans, but like fish or something. And we went there for the buffet and my parent, we stayed for the week and my parents bought us like passes so that we could go. It was like cheaper to buy, um, like a annual pass than to buy a week of tickets to Disney. So we stayed there um, the whole time. And I just remember everything being a lot bigger. But I'm a I'm a Disneyland diehard, and I fight it to the death with people. So Chris, I try and stay as um, diplomatic as possible, but same. <laughs> and I'm fiercely loyal to the original. Fiercely loyal, and, and I don't even notice the difference. But people come in, they're like, "This castle's so small," and I'm like, "This was the original. Like, this is a man's yes. dream." We're looking at a man's dream. I don't know. Same thing when people are like, oh, the castle's small. It's like, I don't know what to tell you. It's made of stone and Walt Disney walked through it. What more do you need? Yeah. And you can go through it. Yeah. I just think there's something quaint about it. Like, I'm not going to lie and say that it's not, you know, impressive to walk into Disney World and that it's big. And But I love the fact that you can, if you have the wherewithal and the, the gumption, you can get through the whole thing in a day. That, that feels like yes. a manageable, family-friendly thing than like, I guess we better buy a whole month pass to like get to all the parks and all of that. But um, yeah, it was, uh, it's, I love that it, that it feels more homegrown. Yeah. I say this a lot on the podcast. To me, Disneyland is theater and Disney World is film. And oh, okay. there's something for everyone in Disney World and it's really impressive and some really cool things. But for me, yeah. I always like that quaint, original artistic take. Yeah. As a kid, did you watch a lot of the Disney movies? Yeah, I was really, well, let's see. I, like I said, I I was born in 84. So I was that unbelievable. I was basically indoctrinated with Little Mermaid. Like it was a cult that I joined at age five. <laughs> and yeah. It was the only thing I watched. I was Ariel for three Halloweens in a row, different phases of Ariel. I was like mermaid Ariel, human Ariel, bride Ariel. Like I, I truly, that trip that, um, the trip that I talk about on the motorhome, the Halloween before we went to Thanksgiving at Disney World, I we just ran through a Halloween store to have something to wear, and I bought. I was like a there was like a Southern Belle pink dress, and I got a red wig, and I made it the pink like dress she wears to dinner. <laughs> like, yes, everything yes. was Ariel, and I would sing. We would sing along with the parts, and I would like if my parents tried to sing along with me, I'd go, "I'm Ariel." I was like, no one else is Ariel in this car. Like, don't even try to riff on that. Ah. 
Like that was my part all the time. I'd stand in front of the mirror. I would sing all the parts. I'd bring the kids from the town, like the, the neighborhood and they'd have to sing like the scuttle parts. And I would, you know, it was like, I was basically creating entire worlds based on Little Mermaid. And then I was really um, partial to like the older ones, Peter Pan, 101 Dalmatians. And um, was there another, like, I wasn't really, I didn't know all the like, Snow Whites and the Cinderella's as well. I felt like really connected to the more like 60s, 70s um, ones and um, Lady and the Tramp, like that kind of era. And then Little Mermaid. And then it was just like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. Um, uh, Lion King, Lion Pocahontas, King. Mulan, Hercules. That was right at the end where I like kind of aged out of it was Pocahontas. And they stopped making the musicals. So it's just stop being as like imperative that I know everything about them. But yeah, that was the trajectory. But that's true. I mean, I was also a kid of the 80s. And so when I was, I think, four and Mermaid came out, you just expected like, oh, isn't this what this always is? And they're like, no, yeah. this is the Renaissance. Yeah, completely. I'm so lucky. Yeah. And I was really much more the the golden. And so then, so we're, we kind of trade off our Disney fandoms. Yeah. You mentioned you loved Ariel. Were there other Disney characters that you love? Um, yeah, certainly. I mean, I uh, let me think. Who would I say definitely? Like, I definitely like Hundred One Dalmatians was, was a really big movie for me. I used to watch it all the time. Um, I loved the dogs in it. I'm a big dog yeah. fan. So like Rolly and like all the little like my nose is froze and my toes is froze. Like those things were really um, informative for me. Um, I liked. Um, let me think. What else? I never really identified princess wise. I loved like Cruella. I loved the fashion. I loved the like the, the chicness. I loved yeah. the moments when like. Especially in Hunter Animations, when like the people look like their dogs, like I really identified with these sites. I think that's why I like the '60s and '70s movies because they were chic in a way that there wasn't like a chicness in the older ones. Um, there was some fashion in it, and there was some style, and I really, I really liked that. Did you jump on board with Oliver and Company? I loved Oliver and Company. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to hear you sing some of those songs. From that oh, movie. Yeah? It's such a great score. And, and I think like, again, like it's all dogs. It's awesome. I just rewatched the Why Should I Worry song because I was like, I couldn't remember who which one of the characters sang it. And I put it on YouTube and I was like, this holds up. This is the best song. It's like so good. It's really good. I think they would call it a bop. It is a bop. It is it's a bop. It's really cool bop. It is. Like, of course. So let's shift to your theatrical career, and we must discuss the fact that you were in the national tour of The Boyfriend, and who directed that, Krista? Oh, just Mary Poppins. Just just Julie Andrews. That's right. The greatest human on the planet. So you got to be directed by Julie Andrews, which is incredible. Do you have any favorite memories from working with Julie? Can I, I call have, her Julie? Let me Yeah, sure. We, we called her Jules, so even Julie yeah. is, you know, formal. Um she, I mean, truly every moment was my favorite moment. And what's great about that show is we were, re the whole cast is very close still. They're, they're my best friends in the world. I think there's one thing to go through a tour experience, which always bonds you to a cast, but to do it with like an icon that you all have this shared experience with was really special. Um, so we'll get together and we'll still tell Julie stories and we'll still like, we will relive those glory days as if they were yesterday. And it was 15 years ago now, which is crazy. Um, but uh, a couple of highlights of my favorite memories. One was um, uh, <laughs> we were in St. Paul, Minnesota, and they named a street after her. And she turned around to us and she's like, I can't believe they're doing this. I feel like such a trollop, which is like a prostitute. Like it's basically yeah. a, a British word for like a whore. And she was like, like, why are they honoring me? I'm just a whore is basically what Julie Andrews whispered to us. And we were like, we're like, you're, you're perfect. Julie Andrews. This is unreal. And um, she's very body. She like 
cusses and she's like a broad. One time at opening night at Goodspeed, she came into the dressing room to like wish us good luck and then was like, I have to change. And so she just like dropped trow and changed her clothes in front of all of us. And we were like, this is awesome. Like, I love my stories are all like, she cusses, she gets yeah. naked. Um, but the big, like the quintessential deathbed moment was that she took us all to Disneyland. And we were that we happened to be in Orange County over Christmas and New Year's, which was for an Orange County native, like truly one of the best things that's ever happened. I got to show all my new friends where I grew up. I got to stay at home. I got to spend Christmas with my family. And then it was the 50th anniversary and of Disneyland. And Julie was the, does that time out right? 50th or 60th? It does because I worked there for the 50th. Okay. That summer and our mutual friend Andrew, shout out to Andrew yes. who's connecting us, that I was there in the summer and Julie was the narrator for both the parade yes. and the fireworks. Right. So she because she was the ambassador for the 50th year. I couldn't remember if it was 50 or 60, but I guess if it was 15 yep, years. 50. Yeah. So she was the ambassador for the 50th year. So not only did she let us all come, we had a reception at the um at the, what's it called? The California Adventure Hotel. And we got fast passes and behind the line passes to everything. Um, we got to watch the fireworks, or no, we got to watch the parade, excuse me, from a perch at the um, train station, like roped off area with Julie. And then we got front of the area passes to watch the fireworks, which then she narrated. And it was the first time they had done snow at Disneyland where they basically pump soap out into the main street, but it, it, it snows there. And yep. truly like, I'll never forget. We were weeping and Julie's like narrating the thing being like, remember kids, dreams do come true. And we're like, it's snowing in Southern California. And we're Disneyland with Julie Andrews. And like, everything is amazing. Just full like hysterical Oscar winning tears. We were all like holding each other and weeping. So um, that was a huge, 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 huge moment for us. Of course, when they kicked off the 50th, which was May 5th, 2005, mm -hmm. Julie Andrews is in front of the castle and all the characters are out there. And she goes, we just have to wait for one more. And this little, I kid you not, this little redheaded boy runs through the yeah. castle and hugs Julie Andrews. And I was like, that is me. And it was a beautiful, that whole summer was so magical. And Julie Andrews' presence was everywhere. And it was, I love that you got to work with her and, and yeah. sharing those stories. So special. Krista, you got to bring Meg from Hercules to the stage, which is one of my favorite Disney scores. If you could have sung any other song from the movie rather than the one that Meg sings, what would you have chosen? Wow, that's such a good question. Um, I mean, I would love to be able to sing Zero to Hero. That's yes. That would require some bibbidi-bobbidi-boo magic for me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I guess the, the double wish is that I am able to sing something like that and that I do sing something like that. When we did it in the park, Tamika Lawrence um, hit like the highest note and it was so impressive and it was so fun to watch them do it. And like, and what was great about it is like the park and public works is such a special organization. And what's great about it is they do original pieces, but the fact that we got to do a show that was already already known and then already so beloved in a way that we didn't even anticipate as soon as like starts the whole audience is just losing their minds i mean the opening chords to say won't say i'm in love a huge show-stopping applause i haven't even opened my mouth yet and they're applauding for the music and um when zero to hero would start it was just i'm getting goosebumps talking about it truly like it was unreal it's a great song. Of course, here at E-Ticket to Broadway, we love Susan Egan. She was the very first guest. And I learned yeah. that you both went to the same high school and that she's mm -hmm. been a mentor to you. Do you remember when you told her about your casting? I think she found out about it online. Um, but she had, in 2014, someone had asked her like who she would want to play Meg if they ever brought it to Broadway. And she said me. And so when it came out, she was like very excited and texted me. And um, yeah, so I think that's how she... I, it was, I think I didn't even know the news was coming out. I was in Portugal when it got announced. Otherwise I might, it was all like so secretive, like hush, 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 as you can imagine. 
but um, yeah, it was, it's been, it was fun and it was fun to like have her connected through that journey. And now we like sing the song. We go, we do duets together with it and stuff. It's great. That's a dream. I mean, come on. Yeah. Is there any overlap between Krista and Meg? Oh yeah. Well, especially the Meg that we created in the park was um, you can't help. I couldn't help, but put more of myself into it when it's not an animation or something you're having to sort of um, voice to another person when you get to be both of the parts. And I think we, um, Meg uh, initially is a feminist icon. I mean, she's one of the greatest of the Disney heroes, male or female, as far as I'm concerned, and was at the time and really groundbreaking. And then to be 20 years later and to know where we are in the moment in history and how we're trying to highlight um, women and that there are other facets that we can highlight about women, which is that like what we don't really discuss about the movie is that she is sort of her own boss. Like, yes, Hades is her superior, but she runs her company. She gets her job done and she, and like, that's how kind of this, we, we've approached this new version of it where she has, she has autonomy in what she can control and how important that was. And to um, really put on uh, emphasis on her strength and her, unapologetic nature. And I, I definitely, while I could sit here and say like, that comes from me. I really actually, it comes from Meg and it's me getting to do that. So I think Meg informs me as much as I inform Meg. changing gears for Meg, let's pretend that Wednesday Adams gets to go to Disneyland for a day. What do you think that she would enjoy doing or watching? Well, obviously the Haunted Mansion. You gotta go. She's probably moving into the Haunted Mansion. Um, what would what uh, a clam chowder bread bowl. I think that she would do that. Because I think she would somehow try and cause some mischief. But I mean, I always think like, would she want to stand by that the the entrance, the Autopia, and as kids weren't tall enough to ride, she might enjoy that? Or... No, I know what it is. I know what it is. What? Because I know what I enjoyed and I think Wednesday would love this. Um, so this is a little, I don't know how many people actually know this, but when we when I grew up going to Disneyland, so once I was a kid and once we got passes, I started going I would literally, my mom would pick me up from school. We'd go ride a ride and go eat at the Blue Bayou and then go home. Like we would just go three or four times a week. So I truly um, went and I, and Andrew and I joke about this, that I got in trouble at Disneyland like kids do at the mall. Like that was just where we all went. On the weekends, me and my theater friends would go to Disneyland and we'd go early. We'd stake out spots at Fantasmic. We would get to know the cast members and like wave at them as they would board the the pirate ship and stuff. So we would make short films. We were ridiculous. We were so geeky. And when I say get in trouble, I mean, we didn't do anything wrong ever because we were geeky theater kids, but like we just would spend all day there. And, um, and so one of my favorite like secret things is that, and I don't think they do this anymore. I'm sure they don't actually. But when Tinkerbell comes down from the Matterhorn, she like has this like beautiful moment where she, to start the fireworks and she's all lit up. And then the lights go off on her. What what no one else sees is what happens when the lights go off on her, which is that she is she is um, um, repelling basically into a mattress. There's like a there's a treehouse right behind um, right behind like the um, next to the Dumbo ride. It's like Dumbo ride is like sort of where the Peter Pan restaurant is. I'm not Peter Pan. Pinocchio restaurant is right over there. There's a treehouse with like a fort and there are people holding a mattress that she like, maybe it's not a real mattress, but a crash pad that then she like splats onto and the pad like catches her, like absorbs her, her momentum and runs to the back while everyone holds it. It is the most disgusting, perverse, ridiculous, unflattering moment ever. Like, and it's so beautifully dichotomy with her, like, you know, lighting the fireworks on fire and like flying in her beautiful outfit, lights go out, she goes limp. 
She just like limps herself to brace for this impact, hits the mattress, flies to the back of the thing. And so we used to camp out there and wait for her to crash and cheer for her when she would like hit. So I feel like Wednesday would really love watching Tinkerbell splat into the mattress. Yes, I would agree with that completely. That would be amazing. Do you have any insider information about that, having like worked there? When I worked for the 50th, Tinkerbell's flight pattern was completely different. She got right. to go now back she up goes and down. In circles and she stuff. does a whole yeah. lot of things. Yes. So I think this one, she actually probably lands very gently. Yes. That's why I think it goes back to that. Neverland. But also that was the 50th, that fireworks display, Dumbo flies too. And that, that was, the fireworks had not changed since I was a kid. It was, this land is your land. It was, God bless America. It was a, it's like a patriotic fireworks display. And then and Tinkerbell would fly down. That never changed. I don't believe, to fact check me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe it ever changed until the 50th. I, I think, think you're right. And so it when that happened and Julie's talking and Snow's happening and Tinkerbell like flies in a circle and goes back, I like true magic existed. And my nephew was at the time, he's 21 now. He was like three. He, he came to me and saw it one time when, when we showed it to him, he turned around, he said, real magic does exist. Like truly Tinkerbell flying and then Dumbo also flying. It was just like the technology had ramped up from zero to a thousand in such a short amount of time that you couldn't help but feel like you were witnessing true magic in real time. I thought, I thought you were going to say zero to hero. Oh, I should have. <laughs> Edit it. Edit it back. Oh, silly. We'll be right back. Oh, what's the big idea with these commercials? Oh, this Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Fast Pass Answers. <laughs> Okay, Krista, here comes Fast Pass Answers. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, and you'll have 30 seconds to answer as many as possible after I ask you the first question. So are you ready for Fast Pass Answers? Yes. Okay, here here we go. Krista, name any song from Hercules. Oh, uh, I won't say I'm in love. Favorite Disney movie? Uh, Peter Pan. Name any ride in California Adventure. Soren. True or false? Julie Andrews is practically perfect in every way. True, true, true. Name any cast member from Good Vibrations. David Larson. Favorite snack in the parks? Oh, a frozen banana. Name a ride in Fantasyland. Um, uh, Storybook? Does that Time. count? It does. You got Storybook Canal in there right at the moment. And that is a solid choice that many people don't talk about. Yeah. What a great choice. Those are a whale. Like... Come on. You go through a whale. Yeah. And then you see those giant ducks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's a weird ride. Just out there. I like anything like the Pan ride. I, I like anything that has miniatures that makes you feel big. Like, yes. And that's what Storybook had. It had all the miniature cottages along the little peninsula. Beautiful. Yeah. And then you can like kind of hear the songs. Um, Peter Pan is a favorite movie? It's one of my faves. Yeah. I would say yeah. I, I kind of, uh, you know clinched it at the end. I would say probably the newer ones, but if I'm going like what I know the most, probably Peter Pan or, or Little Mermaid. Okay. And let's talk about your favorite snack in the parks. Oh my God. Frozen banana. Like, I don't know what they put in that thing. It's so Magic. good. 
Yeah. It's my own. It was my treat. I had to get one. I still have to get one every time I go. I mean, the, the snacks have expanded since then. I do still like a big pickle. Like I'll get that, you know, in, um, in Adventureland at the, um, whatever the jungle cruise, they'll have that little snack stand. Sometimes you get like a big pickle. I'll maybe do that. Or like a turkey egg, obviously is a turkey. Like, you know, there was I've also a time one. where you haven't, are you a veg? No, no, no. you just haven't. I get, and the clam chowder and the bread bowl is a really big formative experience for me. And then, um, but there was a period of time when you would leave um, Big Thunder Mountain that McDonald's yep. had like a set Yes, that there. cart. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And having that a cart. McDonald's french fries at Disneyland is just basically like you've died and gone to heaven. Yeah. That cart is right next to the dock where you got to see the pirates load. Yes, for the pirates load. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Change from their monkey costumes underdressed into their pirate costumes when they would do the like neon monkey blacklight dance. That's right. That's right. Put on your thinking ears. It's trivia time. Oh boy. Okay. It's trivia time. Krista, you were part of the original Broadway company of In the Heights, which ran for 1,185 performances. And you also appeared in the revival of A Chorus Line, whose original production ran for 6,137 performances. Speaking of long runs of show, what attraction in Frontierland was in the Guinness Book of World Records for being the world's longest running live stage show? Was it the saloon? The, the whatever it's called. Yeah, it's um, whatever it's called. You're close. Yeah. Oh God, silver spurt. No, the golden, golden, golden horseshoe. Yes, the golden horseshoe review. It's exactly right. Which ran from 1955 until 1986 with some 50,000 performances. Whoa. And what's cool about the golden horseshoe review? It actually unofficially opened for Walt and Lillian's anniversary. Oh, so a couple cute. days before Disneyland proper opened. Yeah. Oh, fun. They do now other shows in there. Well, I don't know what's happening there now, um, but I saw one recently. I have a friend actually who performs in it. Um, the name of it is escaping me. Um, if I if I ask it, I'll have you fact check it at some point. But um, <laughs> we, um, it was really fun and we got to to watch it and it was fun to just be back in the saloon. It's such, it's so, it's kind of like Knott's Berry Farm is that feel, which is another, if you don't know people, attraction in um in Southern California, but that saloon feel, it's very quaint. It's very uh, adorable and very theatrical. But we got to go, I think, did I volunteer? I think I went up on stage too. I don't remember. Yeah. I've actually never seen the show because I always was like, I want to go on more rides. Right, of course. As a kid, you don't, definitely don't want to waste yeah. time at a show. Oh, my God. Krista, you have appeared in so many Broadway shows, but part of your legacy is the song Pulled from the Adams Family, which you gave voice to, and also the song in which you sang, Disney World, I'll Go There Twice. So it's only natural that today we play Pulled in a New Disney Direction. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question that revolves around a literal change of direction on a Disney Parks attraction. Are you ready to play? Oh, I'm excited about this. Yes, let's go. Okay. Number one for pulled in a new Disney direction. This water ride in Epcot, although replaced by Anna and Elsa, features some trolls who are so angered by the trespassing boat of guests, they cast a spell to make the boat go in a new direction, backwards. Um, yeah, is that the, that's the Iceland? Um, or Norway? No, Norway. Sorry, not Iceland. Norway. What is the actual ride called? It's the... Um... The, not the flu, the luge. It's called the um, the Viking. What are those boats called? You're, you're Vi so close. Ah, uh, dang it! And the ride is named the Maelstrom. That was the good. Though. You really went there. And and listen, I know you're a land girl, so I know that Epcot is maybe a little more foreign. We're good. Actually, I've had good. I've had recent experiences there um, that were amazing. So I actually do have more of a remembrance of it. But I haven't been on it since it's been frozen. But I did go on it the year that it closed. Like we knew it was closing, the the the, ma the maelstrom, I guess. And um, we knew it was closing, so we went on it, and it was, you know, fine. 
and you got pulled in a new direction backwards. Yes, I did. Uh-huh. So here, here comes number two for pulled in a new Disney direction. Shortly after you meet this fella and his hat box on this classic Disneyland attraction, you are pulled backwards and descend down into a graveyard. In his hat box into a graveyard. Oh. I have a couple thoughts. Can you read it again? <laughs> yes. Shortly after you meet this fella and his hat box on this classic Disneyland attraction, you are pulled backwards and descend down into a graveyard. I guess it would be um, uh, Haunted Mansion is when you That's pull right. backwards. But I don't know what the hat box is. I can leave you up in the attic. So the hat box ghost. Yes. The hat box ghost yeah. is saying goodbye to you. And then your doom buggy literally goes backwards. Right. goes backwards. You look right. Up. Right. I mean, I know that part. I got I got caught kissing on that ride right at that part. Oh, <laughs> so maybe that's why I didn't know box. Something about attics really gets you going. Okay, <laughs> they've changed that now too. That's a jilted bride now moment. It's all changing. Number three, while riding this attraction in Animal Kingdom, you and your fellow travelers discover your track destroyed by a yeti, and suddenly you are pulled backwards and then forward again. What's the name of this ride? Expedition Everest. One of the best rides of so all good. time. So good. It's like, I love the Matterhorn. Do you love the Matterhorn? I love the Matterhorn. I prefer Big Thunder Mountain. Big Thunder Mountain is my, even more than Space Mountain, my favorite ride at Disneyland. You love it. I have all these little like tricks and things that I do on the ride. And like, I always like- you look when at it that goat. Down, I bought at the goat. You have to get up and bought the goat. And then the ride like slams you to the other side, which is always really fun for people that don't know it. But- um. But yeah, I, I, that's why I, I think I like that one better. Space Mountain is, Space Mountain was amazing. When they added music, game changer, Space Mountain. But then Expedition Everest, I had not gone on until an adult. I was an adult. I was a, it, was, it was six years ago or something. And I didn't know that it was about to go backwards. And holy cow. What an, I was truly like, where are we going to go? Yeah, you were pulled in a new direction. I was pulled in a backwards direction. Okay. Yeah. Number four, the only ride at Disneyland resort to pull you in such a new direction that you're looking up at the ground. Oh. I mean, okay, so I might have my brain on something else because I was going to mention this. I don't think this is right. Okay. Up at the ground in a ride. It's the only one at Disneyland that does that. That you go upside down? Yes. Oh, Screamin'? Are we talking yes. about? Okay. Yep. So okay. California Screamin', now the Incredicoaster, but that's exactly right. The only oh. one at Disneyland Resort. Okay. Okay, number five for pulled in a new Disney direction. You stupidly looked into the eyes of Mara, and shortly thereafter, you're pulled into a new direction in the hopes of escape. In which ride? The um, uh, Indiana Jones. That's what I was going to, that's what I was thinking was like, oh, because what reminded me was the time when I was like, where are we going to go on Expedition Everest was the same with the ball coming down. It was like, what are we going to do? And yeah. then when we went under it, my God, my God, my mind was blown. Working there, I've learned a lot of magic of that ride. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell you if you don't want me to tell you, but there's a very cool things that very cool thing happens in that room. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll talk. You know what? Only once in my entire life, and this was four maybe years ago, did the did we stop on Space Mountain and the lights came on, and I That's could have never imagined that that looks like that. I I could have definitely thought it looked like something. I definitely had a vision of what it looked like in the light. Not that at all. Okay, number six, never listen to or watch a talking skull because if you do, you may suddenly be plunged into a new direction, dropping 14 feet. On what ride? Uh, Pirates. That's right. Pirates of the Caribbean. So good. The first time you go on that and you're like, a talking skull. And then you're like, wow, I'm definitely going down. And then you're you're down. (laughs) Then you're down. Number seven. I always tell people, keep your mouth closed because water goes in your mouth when you go down that first thing because you're so surprised that you want to scream you gotta shut your mouth you're getting pirate water in your mouth anyway go yeah. ahead that very distinct pirate water it smells there's a smell number seven the jungle cruise one of disneyland's opening day attractions is currently being pulled into a new direction because we are all working to undo past terrible mistakes on the ride however what is the name of the scientist who discovered schweitzer falls i have no idea 
I truly mm, can't even guess. Well, that is Dr. Albert Falls. Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I know. Okay, number eight for pulled in a new Disney direction. In the original version of this ride, right when you're heading to launch, you get pulled in a new direction and enter the maintenance bay. Oh, um, uh, 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 oh my God. Um, Star Tours. Yes, it is Star Tours, yeah. the original version. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Okay, two more. You're doing well. Number nine, depending on who's next to you with their hand on the control, you may get pulled in a new direction on this attraction right when you're about to defeat Emperor Zerg. Yeah. Um, uh, Buzz Lightyear. Uh, That's right. Depending on where you are, what's either yeah. Astro Blasters or Space Astro. Ranger Spin, depending on Astro which coaster you're on. That's what I have. Yeah. But again, like when you're like really narrowing in on the target and the person next to you pulls that that little thing and you get pulled sideways. You're like, I was about to shoot, sir. I was about to really get this. Okay. Here's the final one for pulled in a new Disney direction. Unlike its neighbors at Disneyland, this dark ride pulls you and your ride vehicle in a new direction up. Unlike its neighbors. Clarify that. So, um, surrounding attractions. Oh, so unlike the other ones around it, this dark ride pulls you and your ride vehicle in a new direction, up. Up. And it's at, at Disney, I'm clarifying. It's a, a Disneyland attraction. You're yes. asking of that. But the other ones around it do not go up. It goes up. Yep. Oh, oh. Uh, is it uh, Tower of Terror? No, it's not Tower no. of Terror. Which is not Tower of Terror anymore, anyway. Um, Mission Breakout, but yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I'm going to give you a hint. Thank you. You've talked about this ride because you love miniatures. Oh. Um, Peter Pan? Yes, Peter Pan's flight. Oh, I see what I yes. got. You yes, think you're going to be on a track below you, and then you're suddenly pulled in a new direction, I which is up. I feel, I was feeling like the, the power of terror feeling of like getting, you go down and then oh it, gets, it gets shot back up. Do you enjoy terror. that ride? Um, No. Uh, but I, I would never, it was like one of those things where I would never choose if I had my druthers, but if people wanted to go on it, I would go on it, but I would never opt for it. Um, it's horrible in a great way. I mean, it's fun, but horrible. <laughs> well, Krista, thank you for playing pulled in a new Disney direction. You did wonderfully. And thank I think you. for your prize, you're allowed to go to Disney world twice if you would like. Okay. Thank you. Now let's hear from some of you. Uh-huh. Chris, we put it on Instagram and your fans are really excited to ask you about Disney questions. So here we go. AJNYC427 asks, if you could be miscast in any Disney film, what character would you want to play? Miscast. Um, maybe, I don't know why this came to mind, like um, Jafar or the genie or something like that. Something where it's a very ostentatious larger than life character yes in aladdin uh christina shares that she loves your performance of won't say i'm in love and asks what is another disney song that you love to sing oh god so many of them uh let me think i mean i really loved singing um kiss the girl that was the one that i used to sing all the time at home uh and when i was younger let's see what else i feel like that would be a fun one to sing again oh part of your world i guess is just like a and colors of the wind Good choices, good choices. Thank you. Lex asks, what piece of Disney Parks merchandise do you love to own? Would I love to own or do I have already that I own, you think? Let's say both. Okay. You can give two options. Okay. Um, well, I love all the figurines that I that I have. And what else merchandise would I that I have. I mean, are you a mouse ears person? Are you a t-shirt person? I have mouse ears. I'm not an always a mouse ears person. I was more of a t-shirt person. Oh, you know what? When I was growing up, I don't have it anymore, but I had a Timon and Pumbaa t-shirt and I loved Timon. was my favorite character, which is also very ironic since he ended up leaving my father. Um, But I was obsessed with Timon and I had a t-shirt that said, tastes like chicken of him eating the the bug. That was a real, I was like, 
Timon turned out to be your father. I was like really trying to process that. I was like, oh yes, Nathan Lane, Adam's family, yeah. for those listening. Yeah. That was a very yeah. deep cut. That's a deep, deep cut. cut. I was pulled in a new Disney direction. Yes, you were. And what do you want to own? Like oh, for me, yeah, go yeah. for it. I was, no, no. I was Why gonna, well, I was going to say for me, they just redid the Snow White ride at Disneyland. And uh-huh. I want to take that Dopey from the final scene who's like holding the candle and terrified going uh-huh. to the queen because yes. Dopey's my favorite. But I'm not sure if he might still be in the ride. Yet yeah. To be known. But that's what I would love to take. This is something that I can't take, but maybe I could. So when I was a kid and we would go on um, uh, Pirates, I would want to the room where it's all filled with all the treasure and the gold I thought it was real and so I would try to like daydream of ways to jump off the boat and maybe if I just reached out I could grab like one of the chalices or something like I was always trying to be like guys this is right here like why is no one trying to get this how 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 has no one attempted this caper yet so I would want Maybe one piece from there, like the chalice that's sitting on top of the pile, just to say that I finally did it. Yeah. I want you to know that it is real treasure. I know you said it's oh. not real, but it actually it actually oh, is real. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Thank you. That's why you're on a boat. They keep you safe. Yeah. Alana asks, what would be a great first date at Disneyland? I've gone on a couple first dates at Disneyland. It's a great place for a first date because you can like get to know the person and there you get to like sit next to them and Sometimes you're you're inexplicably in between someone's legs if you're on the Splash Mountain or Matterhorn. Or Matterhorn, yeah. yeah it was that there, was a, there was a sketch on SNL recently about like teenagers at Disneyland being like, so is this how we're supposed to sit? Like you're just, just yeah. ramming your rear end into somebody's crotch. So um, it's, it's a fun first date. Um, and then like the fireworks that, you know, you can go to a nice restaurant and then see the fireworks and you really see someone at their, um, their most like excitable and you can get a sense of whether they're game for a lot of stuff, if they're willing to make themselves look silly or um, so it kind of drop some pretenses to have a good time. So I think it's a really good barometer of someone's like uh, just how fun of a person they are. Yeah. Plus, if you don't like them, you're still at Disneyland. Exactly. Exactly. For me, it'd be like if I even proposed a first day at Disneyland and they said it's not really my thing, I would save so much time in my life. Save I'd be so like, oh, great. This time. isn't going to work out. Yeah. Camilla wonders if you could go back in time, what character would you have loved to give voice to? Ariel. Great. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Sorry. Leah asks who your favorite sidekick is. Um, this is fun. Um, Dory. Nice. Solid. Leah also asked, and I did not put her up for this. Do you have a favorite dwarf? No. Uh, I don't, I have to say I'm not as acquainted with the dwarfs, but if I'm going based on their names, I would say, um, grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Karina asks two design questions. If you could theme a Disney park snack after Meg, what would it be? Wow, that's great. Um, I'm thinking something purple, like a grape yep. snow cone or something. Yeah. Like, because she's so fabulous in her purple. Um, maybe like, what if we did like a gyro, like a, like a Greek sandwich you could walk around the park with? Yes. Turkey leg or a gyro? Yeah. Um, well, I think else? it would have What's to be the- like a slice of something. It'd have to be like, because oh, you know, yeah, she says yeah, like, you're a real right. slice. Yeah, like a slice but pizza. if it was like a like, purple, a purple slice of pizza. Yeah. Or like a purple slice of cake or pie. Oh yeah. Like let's, let's do that. Maybe? Let's do that. I don't know. Her second design question. What kind of attraction would Wednesday Adams design for a Disney park? <laughs> it would be Tower of Terror, old Tower of Terror, but you would not come back up. You would just slam yes, into the exactly. And that yes. would be the end of the ride. Great. And finally, Mark wants to know if you have a favorite land at Magic Kingdom or Disneyland. I think it's like the frontier land into like continuing into um, New Orleans. Yeah, French Quarter area. Um, I think that's my favorite place to spend time. Get that bread bowl. Get that bread bowl. Or gumbo now. 
time for some tough choices. Let's play Tweedledee or Tweedledum. Chris, it's time for Tweedledee or Tweedledum. I'm going to give you two options. Let me know which one you prefer. So Tweedledee or Tweedledum, It's a Small World or the Disneyland Railroad? Railroad. <laughs> I like the thought process. I really had to think it through. Because the railroad is sort of dull, but at least it gets you a place too. And and um, Small World gets a little repetitive. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Fantasmic or the Main Street Electrical Parade? Done. Fantasmic. Fantasmic. You love it. You love it. You didn't even have to say it. We love Fantasmic. We stand. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, the Matterhorn or Star Tours? I think Star Tours. And it's a, it's a tricky one because I, this sounds terrible, but honestly, Matterhorn's a little jostly for my older bones. As I get it older, is. it's like yep. less of an enjoyable experience. Star Tours is also pretty jerky, but the new one is fun because you don't know which like scenario you're going to be in. So that's what I say. The pain of the Matterhorn has come up on this podcast many times, specifically by yeah. yours truly. <laughs> it, does, yeah. it does hurt. Final Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Pain and Panic or Wednesday and Pugsley Adams? Wednesday and Pugsley. Okay, fair. Of course. I I love Pain and Panic. Love Pain and Panic too. But like, I got to pick me and my bro. I have to stick with the fam. Krista, what's the first thing you want to do the next time you go to the parks? Mm. Gosh, there's so many, so many things. Um, I really want to eat at the Blue Bayou. I've mentioned it a couple times. It's such a part of my life. It was such a treat when I was growing up. It was like an expensive restaurant. And um, and then it became something kind of tangible because we would just like get the salad and it was still okay. And then they started doing the reservation thing online and now you like cannot get a spot. And so I would like to like make that dream come back again where I get a spot. Also, I'm putting this out there. I've never been to Club 33, never. I have so many connections, so many people that could get me there and I've never been. So I've got to go. Next time. We're going to put together the e-ticket to Broadway community of all of you wonderful Broadway stars. We're all going to go to Club 33. It's going to be a mess. So joyful. It'll happen, I'm sure. Perfect. I I will do it. I love that. Again, you're so true to brand. You talked about food in New Orleans Square area. Yeah, that's what I like. That's your place. Smells good. Well, Krista, thank you so much for joining me on e-ticket to Broadway and for sharing your love of Big Thunder and Ariel. This was such a joy connecting, and we'll see you at the parks. Okay, thanks. I have an idea. We should call this E Ticket to the Donald Show. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.